14, 15 through 17. And they brought unto him also infants, that he would touch them. But when his disciples saw it, they rebuked them. But Jesus called them unto him and said, Suffer little children to come unto me, and forbid them not. For as such is the kingdom of God. Verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God is as little children, and no wise shall enter therein. Thank you, Dennis. I want to begin this morning just by saying thank you. I know we have a lot of visitors this morning, uh, especially a lot of our love and learn parents and grandparents, and we're just thrilled to have you guys. And hope that you come back and be with us. Before we get into the lesson, we do have a few personal things that we will say. Number one, I want to say a word of uh, congratulations to Bruce and Nettie Sue, who are new grandparents. And if I got this right, Ryan and Andrea had their little baby girl, Savannah Grace, on Friday. And uh, so if Bruce is walking a little bit taller, uh, you, you will know why. But we are excited for them, and uh, be sure to rejoice with them. Uh, I want, want, to, want, to, want to encourage everybody to stick around and eat with us afterwards. Uh, there is a mountain of food that has been prepared in the fellowship hall, and we're going to go enjoy that in, in just a little bit. Um, uh, all the children, turn to your parents and say, Can we stay and eat? That's... That's the appropriate thing to do. I found an old Bible of mine where I had written my mom notes about can we stay and eat at the potluck here, 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 here just recently. Uh, I do give you a disclaimer, though. If you happen to see me walking around with a huge dessert plate, some of you won't know what's going on. I'm in the process of trying to determine who is the best cook in the Savannah Church of Christ. And I'm working on it, but I don't know yet. And uh, we're, we're, we're trying to figure that out, but we're going to have a great time. And the second thing is... Come back. Uh, it was wonderful to have so many of our visitors here and to see your children up here singing this morning. But come back and be a part of this church. Come back and be a part of this body. This is a special place. And one of the reasons I know this is a special place is uh, last month we had uh, Ministry Appreciation Month, which for 15 years of preaching had generally consisted of maybe for me like a little card here or maybe a note there. Last month, almost every day, somebody in this church did something to honor me. And I just want to say thank you for that. That doesn't happen. That just, that just doesn't happen most places. I was talking to my preaching buddies, and they were saying, nobody did that for me. And I said, because you don't preach at the Savannah Church of Christ. Okay? This is a special place. And, and we're blessed to be here today. Now, I talked to our young people uh, as they were practicing and they were getting ready. And, and one thing about, about children is that, is that they haven't always understood the value of small things, right? They haven't figured out about diamonds and things like that yet. And so around Christmas time, if you ask them, do, do, do you want a really big present or do you want a little bitty present? What are they going to say, Dustin? They want a big present. And so I came in and I asked them, I said, all right, guys, you're going to be here on Sunday. Do you want a long sermon or do you want a little bitty short sermon? You know what they said? We want a long sermon. And all the teachers said, no, 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 no. Well, I won't go too long this morning, but I, I want us to focus our minds on, on what was read from, from Luke chapter 18. It's a scene that is familiar probably to all of us. Uh, it's a scene where Jesus is going about His business. Jesus is going about preaching and teaching and healing, and, and He's an extremely busy individual. Well, you know what happens is that people start bringing their children. People say, I, I, I want my children to meet this man. I, I want my child, I want my baby to, to sit on the lap of Jesus. 
And Jesus' disciples who were there, and they're kind of His right-hand man, well, you, no, you, they, they can't come because kids get in the way. Kids get in the way uh, sometimes of, of getting things done. Kids get in the way of, of, of being productive on this day. And everyone who has a child knows that's true, right? Right? We don't like to admit it, but <laughs> that's true. You ever try to do something and, and somebody wants to help and their help isn't always all, all that easy? And, and I'm, you know, any of you mothers who have sat through an hour-long worship service, you know that children don't make everything easier, Right? Well, they're saying he doesn't have time for that. Jesus is a busy man. He's an important man. Take your children and, and, and just stay over, stay over on, on the sideline. And Jesus says, well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You, you're not understanding what it is that, that I'm trying to do here. For one thing, he says, permit the children to come to me. And do not hinder them. Why? For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. We ask lots of questions about heaven and what heaven is going to be like and who's going to be in heaven. And there are lots of those questions that, that, that I don't have all the answers to, but I do have part of the answer. Part of the answer is that heaven is going to be just like these little children. Heaven is going to be filled with, 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 these, with these individuals. And then he says something, he says something that, that is striking to every one of us. Truly I say to you, Whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it at all. You see, we look at our children and, and, and we say, and we say they're growing up, right? I mean, all you love and learn parents, pretty soon they'll, they'll be they'll be going to kindergarten and they'll be going to first grade and middle school and junior high and then high school and then we got some of our college students back with us and then and then before you know it, they'll be having their own babies and it'll happen in a flash. And, and when we, we talk about that process of maturity, and we always think about marching forward. But Jesus says, I want you to put the brakes on that. And I want you to understand that part of going forward, part of maturing in Christ, is not marching forward in the way that you always think of it. I want you to look at that small child. And I want you to understand that, it, that if you're to enter the kingdom of God, if you're to enter the kingdom of heaven then you're going to need to become like that small child. you ever thought about that? Some of you got those little babies on your laps. you ever held a baby in your arms? Most of you have, haven't you? I mean, it's just amazing to see the purity, to see the innocence, to have a child and to know it doesn't matter what's going on around that child. That child's never sinned. That child is completely perfect. Sin could be surrounding it and a child wouldn't even know it. They don't even know what sin looks like. They're pure. They're innocent. They're lovely. He says, if you want to be my disciple, you look at those children... Those children that you're saying are getting in the way and those children that you want to push off to the side. No, I want you to just take a moment out of your day to understand that's what I want you to be like. That's what I want you to grow into. And so as we talk about our lesson this morning, I just took a play off of words of our Love and Learn program. And I really don't know... I really don't know about how Love and Learn got its name because Love and Learn was going long before Wes Hazel was around. But... But I have to think that it wasn't named that by accident. You know, the, the, the very first word of love and learn is love. It's love. It's that love that, that is 
being seen in those children. It's love that, 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 that we're trying to communicate to those children, that we're trying to communicate to, to the world. When you look in the eyes of your child and you know that child loves me. I, I spoke to some of your children this morning and, and you know what? They didn't want to talk to me. They didn't. They just, they just stared at me. Right? Like I was some big bad meanie and maybe, maybe they're a good judge of character. I don't know. But they don't know who I am. When they look at you, they don't look that way. They come to you. They call for you. They love you. If you, if you, come, around, if you come around Love and Learn right around 3 o'clock and there will be all these little mats all over the floor and these little sleepy-eyed kids are waking up. And what are they doing? They're looking for their mama and their daddy and their grandma and their grandpa because that, they're coming to get me and I'm going with them because they love you. If I tried to take them with me, they'd throw a screaming fit. They don't want to go with you. Because of that love that is there, they would follow you to the ends of the earth. My kids are the same way. We're going. And wherever I'm going, that's where they're going. And you know what? That's in spite of the fact that they've seen me at my absolute worst. Do I realize that? I mean, if there's anybody who's seen the bad side of Wes Hazel, a lot of you have never seen the bad side of Wes Hazel. A lot of you have never seen me when I wasn't wearing a suit. Okay? My children have seen the absolute worst probably that I have to offer. But they still love me. They still cherish me. They still want to go with me. That golden text of the Bible speaks of the love of God. And I don't know that I have the words to overstate the love of God this morning. Why did He do it? Why did He die for us? Why did Jesus go to the cross? Well, the answer is because He loved us. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. And I'm convinced that people walk around all the time in their life wondering if anybody cares. Wondering if we're all alone in this world. Wondering if anybody really cares about them. And, and I don't know everything about everybody's life and everybody's situation, but I always know the answer to that question is yes. Because if nobody else loves you, and maybe nobody else loves you for what they would say is good reason. God loves you. God loves you in the same way that that child loves you. And He calls on us to love Him in the same way that that, 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 that child loves us. There in Ephesians chapter 2. There in Ephesians chapter 2, we have this statement about the love of God. And, and sometimes we wonder, oh, but, but if, he, if you knew this, you wouldn't say that. Oh, I, I may not know it, but, but God does know it. I mean, God knows me better than I know me, better than my children know me. Paul says in Ephesians 2 and verse 4 about God who was rich in mercy because of His great love with which He loved us. Even when we were dead in our transgressions, He made us alive through Christ. In verse 3, he talks about us who were formerly living in the lusts of the flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind. We were the children of wrath. Just like everybody else, he says. It was then that God loved us. If you don't get anything else from, from what we're talking about this morning, I want you to take that home with you. There is a God in heaven above. There is a Creator of the universe who loves you and cares enough for you to send His own Son to die on the cross. And as the body, as the church, one of our greatest desires, one of our greatest missions is to show that love and we may not always do the best job at showing it. Listen, I want my wife to know that I love her. I really do. 
And I get to stand up here in front of everybody and say it. Are you listening, babe? I love you. Right? So if she doesn't know it, it's her fault. I've told her. But sometimes, sometimes I struggle with that. Sometimes as a church, we, we struggle with showing it. But I want, us to, I want us to be the people who are showing the world that we really do care. We really do care in the same way that our God cares for us. Matter of fact, you all know Jesus said there in John, 3, John 13 and verse 35, it's by this that all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. In a small way. That's part of what's going on in this Love and Learn program. We're trying to show the world. We're trying to show these children. We're trying to show these moms and these dads. And our teachers do an amazing job at this. It's showing the world that we love them. That we're different from the world. It's also a place. This church is a place. But we not only come to see the love of God, we also come to learn of God. These little children are like sponges. Aren't they? I mean, they soak up everything. Right, Don? You were saying in class this morning, sometimes they soak up the stuff that we don't want them to soak up. They're going to soak it up anyways. But they learn. I can't tell you how many things that I've learned simply because I was trying to teach my children. And they, and they, they don't always know it, but they get it quicker than I get it. They're just little sponges and songs and facts and programs and all of these things that they understand. Why? Because they're growing. Because they're learning. Every one of us, every one of us are somewhere. We're somewhere on this scale of, of maturity. Either, either we are in the process of coming to Christ, or we are in Christ, or we are growing in Christ, or we are maturing in Christ. But we're all growing. There's not one soul here, and there are some great men and women here, but no, no soul here has arrived. No soul here is the perfect Christian man or the perfect Christian woman. But we got some people here who have experienced some growth. And we got some people here who are on the verge of some great growth in their life. The Bible says about Jesus in Luke 2 and verse 52 that He kept... Listen, this is Jesus, the Son of God in the flesh... He kept increasing in wisdom and stature and in favor with God. We're about the Word of God. We're about taking that love and sharing the Word of God with the world that is all around us. Matter of fact, when Jesus gave the Great Commission there in Matthew chapter 28, you remember what He said when He said to go into all the world, making disciples of all the nations, right? Baptizing the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them teaching them to observe all that I command you. This is, a, this is a church that I hope and I pray is built upon the Word of God. And we're growing in that. And we're striving to learn from... from not from the words of Wes. I used, to do a bulletin, I used to do a bulletin column called Words from Wes. And I thought every week, who wants to hear words from Wes? Nobody amen that. Okay? I want to hear words from God. That's what, we're, that's what we're teaching. That's what we're preaching. That's the mission that's, that's, that's taking place here. I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to turn to the Word of God. To allow the Word of God to be your guide in all things. And allow the Word of God only to be your guide in all things. That, that's how we become Christians. You know, Peter said in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 5 through 8, he said, I want you to make it, I want you to make every effort 
to supplement your faith with virtue and your virtue with knowledge and your knowledge with self-control and self-control with steadfastness and steadfastness with godliness and godliness with brotherly love and brotherly love with, 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 with Christian love. For these qualities are yours and are increasing. They keep you from being ineffective and unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Make it your every effort. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to make it our effort to grow in the Lord. Peter said it like this in 2 Peter 3 and verse 18. When he said that we are to grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we're striving to do here as we emulate the love of Jesus Christ. I want us to know that there is a God and that as, if, as I open up the pages of the Bible, I read about that God. I read about a God who created the world. We sing songs about how God created the world. That is no small fact. He spoke it into existence. We read about a God who has sustained this world. Every day that this world has been here, it's because God is in control. A God who has worked in this world. A God, a God whose own creation has rebelled against Him. But a God who loves us in spite of our rebellion. And in spite of our rebellion, paid the ultimate price. Gave His own Son. And we hear those words so often, don't let them become vain words in your, in your ears. He gave His Son. Just like your son or your daughter, my son or my daughter. Who would I give that child for? I don't know. But I know that my God gave His Son for me. And He came to this world and He lived as a child and He lived as a man. And He died upon the cross and He shed His blood. And He invites you and me to come to follow Him. To follow Him in a path that leads to life everlasting. That's the invitation. We extend it every time we come together. But it's the invitation that's extended every moment of every day. It's not Wes's invitation. It's not Bradley's invitation. It's the invitation of our loving God. Why don't you come and follow? Why don't you bring your children to come and follow? Why don't you bring your grandchildren to come and follow? Why don't you bring your family to come and follow Jesus? That might mean coming to be baptized into Christ, to be born again. That might mean taking sin that, that, that we all know exists in our life, but we have allowed it to rule and say, I'm not walking in that way anymore. I'm going to repent. I'm going to be forgiven. It might simply mean saying, I'm going to start depending upon my God for strength that only He can provide. If you have that need this morning, why don't you come as we stand and as we sing?